0: Amen. John 13. Turn with me to John 13. We will finish up tonight. Say amen. Amen. We're going to knock John 13 out tonight, Lord's willing, uh, and and get done with that. Uh, And let me say again, while you're turning, while you're turning, if you were late getting in, uh, but you're normally early getting in, and and we've been having some issues with the little people. Uh, uh, When they get through with their deal, they're trying to get out, and y'all are trying to get in. And uh, it's, been, it's just been a little chaos. So please help me with this. Please help me with this. Uh, wait till the little people get out. Listen, there ain't nobody going to steal your chairs. Say amen. <laughs> let them get out of here. Uh, they're they're going to head out that way. And they may take just a little bit longer. And if that's the case, go get you some more cappuccinos. Say amen. <laughs> but let's, let's let the little people uh, do their thing, all right? I'd rather have them in here than anywhere else. Amen. So, so help us with that, all right? John 13 in verse number 36. Are you there? All right. Oh, now you're mad at me. Okay. All right. All right. John 13, verse 36. Are you there? Okay. All right. Here we go. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? And Jesus answered him, whether I go, thou cannot follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. All right, let me read that last verse again. Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow till thou shalt deny me thrice. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the blessings that you have given us. Thank you for a warm building. Uh, thank you for people that are well. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'll bless those that are sick. I know it's, it's going around like crazy. And I pray that you're just blessed there. Lord, be with those that are in need of your touch, especially me. I pray that you'll help me touch my body, my mind. And uh, God, just help me to focus on your word and, and bring forth what you'd have us to know tonight. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. You may be seated. All right. If you're here for the very first time on Wednesday night, we're going through the book of John. And we find ourselves in the upper room uh, with Jesus and his disciples, uh, and they, they are having the last supper, uh, uh, the last meal before Jesus is arrested, taken and crucified and, uh, and put in the grave and then is resurrected and, and goes back to the father. But tonight, tonight we, we, we find ourselves after Jesus has instructed them. He has taught them. He's washed their feet. Uh, he's dismissed Judas. You know, D- Judas is not on the scene anymore. He is, he is off to betray the Lord. Uh, uh, so it's just Jesus and the 11. And now he begins to tell them, you know, what started this particular uh, section of uh, John chapter number 13 was a lesson that we, 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 enti- we titled, uh, Say It Ain't So. Say It Ain't So. He said, one of you is going to betray me. And they was like, What? What? There's no way. There's no way. Well, he's fixing to say something else. He's fixing to say something else. And the same phrase is going to come out. Say it ain't so. You know. He's fixing to explain to them. They're all going to leave. They're all going to. They're all going in in a way. In a way, they're all going to betray. They're going to abandon Jesus. They're going to abandon their master. He said the shepherd's going to be smitten and the sheep are going to scatter. Well, this is the this is the, the 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 part of the gospel where Jesus confronts Peter, and we all know the, the situation. Peter denies Christ. Jesus tells him it's going to happen. He denies that it's going to happen. It ain't going to happen. There's no way I could do that. There's no way I could do that. How many of you have times in your life when you felt, "Hey, no way I could do that," and you did it? Oh yeah. There's no way I could go that route, or there's no way that could happen to me, or there's no way I would do something like that. There's no way I would say something like that. And all of a sudden you come back, and then it's, then it's this. How did I do that? Am I, am I, am I preaching this evening? Amen. Well, that's where we're at. And so here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. This is the thinnest, thinnest version. This is the thinnest version of that story in John. So we're going to go to Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And we're going to look at all of, all three of their writings concerning this particular story and this particular situation and put it together. How many of y'all have heard me say this? If you read all the Gospels together, you get a clear picture of the whole picture. Amen? And so that's what we're going to do tonight. Uh, instead of just saying what is right here, because all we learn in John 13 is that, hey, you're going to deny me. Okay, that's all we learn. But I'm going to take you through the whole story. I'm going to, I'm going to take you through the whole deal because I want to put it in one lesson and, 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 and let you see the whole deal uh, because you need to see the big picture. Uh, You need to see there has been people that's fallen, but they got back up. Amen. Amen. So let's, let's do this. Let's look at our screen. Let's look at our screen and we're going to look at Matthew, Mark and Luke. All right. You don't have it in your notes because I didn't have, I didn't have room there. So we're just going to put it up here. Now let's, 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 uh, let's look at this. Then saith, This is in Matthew. If you want to write the address down in your notes, do that. Write the address down in your notes, and then you can keep it with you so you can look at it later. This is Matthew's version of what happened. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I, not me, not me. Everybody else might, but not me. Yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, verily I say. Watch out when Jesus busts a verily on you. Are y'all with me? That means it's, it's fixing to get real. He's getting real serious. Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow thou shalt deny me thrice. thrice peter said unto him though i should die with thee if i die yet will i not deny thee likewise also said all the disciples all right now let's look at mark jesus saith unto them all ye shall be offended because of me this night for it is written i will smite the shepherd and the shepherd shall or the sheep shall be scattered But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not... Not me. Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me. All right. But he spake the more vehemently. See, you don't get this part in John. You don't get this part. In other words... He's mad. He doesn't like what's being said. He spoke the more vehemently. If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. Now here's Luke's version. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon. Anytime you see verily and many times in there you see verily, verily. If you see Simon, Simon, it's it's emphasis. In other words, in other words, pay attention. It's not just something. It's not just an off-the-cuff statement. What I'm fixing to tell you is important. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired. I mean, he just goes into greater detail than any of them. Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee. Somebody say Amen right there. Amen. That thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord. I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. Listen, this is getting serious. Peter doesn't like what's being said. Now, we know the, we know the ultimate story. We know the, the, the big picture. But as we take our notes, I, I want to talk about a subject that we're going to go into greater detail about in the middle of the outline. Uh, and and talk about that more because I think that's what a lot of us struggle with sometimes. So let's do this. In this story, uh, in the the first part of your intro, you see a story about, or the the information about the rumble in the jungle. And you you wonder why, why in the world would that be in a Bible study? You know, you you think about Muhammad Ali and George Foreman and everything that went with that. I, I went back and I looked at that and seen footage of interviews and and, and and mainly mainly from George Foreman. At that time, he was pr- probably the most powerful boxer and, and had the most crushing blows of any boxer that ever boxed up until that point. And uh, and and he was just a, just just a machine. I mean, just a machine, it, it, unstoppable, unbeatable. There's no way in this world he could be beat. And I, I watched I watched some interviews that they were interviewing him before the fight. And man, the the arrogance just just dripped off of him. I mean, it was just like unbelievable when he, when he was answering questions. And, uh, I think he was asked the question one time, what, what will, what will you do if you lose? And he just gave him this, this unbelievable dirty look. And uh, what do you mean? If I lose, I'm not going to, and it was anyway, you just have to go, go Google it and watch it. It's, 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 it's kind of interesting. And y'all know what happens. Uh, uh, Muhammad Ali, he, he, he uh, utilizes the, the, the rope of dope. You know, he's leaning on the, the ropes and for so many rounds, he lets him just box himself out and he ends up winning the fight. He ends up winning the fight. A, a, a man lost that should have never lost. A man lost who, who was supposed to be unbeatable. A man lost who, who had every intention. Everybody thought this was gonna be an easy fight, but yet he lost. How in the world did he lose? Here we find a man named Peter who had everything going for it. I mean, he had, he had Jesus' favor. He had, he had Jesus' testimony about him, and we'll look at that in just a minute. Uh, where he was in the inner circle. Uh, how did he lose? How, how did he end up denying him? I mean, he was like the spokesman for all the disciples. If something was done, he would speak up or do whatever. So how did it get to that point? You think about how many people, great people, I, I, I've seen, and it may, and it scares me. I, I've seen people that could preach the paint off the walls, just incredible people that I looked up to growing up, and end up falling into sin and falling into temptation. Great people. I mean, I mean, people. You think there's no way? How could he have done that? How could she have done that? Be careful. Be very careful. Don't ever underestimate your potential for stupidity. Do I have a witness? Don't ever think that you couldn't do something. Don't ever put yourself there because you have no idea how truly weak and frail. Your flesh really is. Are y'all with me? It's awful quiet tonight. Number one. Number one. As we look at this man by the name of Peter, this man who fell in a great way, let's look at this. Number one, I want you to see the potential. The potential that branded him. The potential that branded him. And I know, I know what you're thinking. And I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about the potential to fall. Remember when I said don't underestimate your potential Your potential to do something dumb, your potential to do something bad, uh, to fall into sin. That's not not the potential I'm talking about. I'm talking about the potential for good. The potential for good. Uh, If we look back, if we look back, if you'll remember one of the verses that we read, Jesus is speaking to Peter. Now, Peter's defending himself. Peter's defending himself. There's no way I would do that. And so Jesus just gets real with him. And he goes into more specific detail with Peter than any of them. How many of y'all seen seen on there where Jesus said, you're all going to scatter? How many of y'all saw that? Right? How many of y'all saw when they all defended themselves? At the last verse of two of of those gospels, it says they all defend them. So really, they're on the same plane. But Jesus, he specifically picks out Peter. Now, why do you reckon that is? Watch what it says. Watch what it says. If you look under your notes, if you look under your notes under that, that point number one, Jesus is looking at Peter and this is what he says. <clears throat> he says, Satan hath desired to have. Are y'all with me? Look at what it says in your notes. Satan has desired to have. Everybody say it loud. You. You. He didn't say y'all. And that's not because he's not country. He is speaking directly to Peter. Now we knew they all were going to, they were all going to run. They were all going to be offended. They were all going to bail on Jesus. They were all going to abandon Jesus. But he is specifically picking out Peter. And he is saying, listen, the devil wants you. You. He may sift you as wheat. but I pray for thee. Why? Why? Why Peter? Why not John? Why not John? John was the one, uh, you know, that was really personally closer to Jesus than any of them, the disciple that Jesus loved. John was the beloved, you know. uh, What about about the rest of them? Why Peter? Look in your notes. Look in your notes. Look what it says in Matthew 16, 18. And I say unto thee, thou art Peter. Let me me back up. Let Let me tell you what's happening here. Let me tell you what's happening here. Jesus is, is, is confronting his disciples, and, and this is where Jesus says, Whom do men say that I am? I got, to stand, I got to stand in the very spot, in the very area right there where Jesus is saying this, where he is confronting them. It was at a certain cave, and I'm not going to go into all that because it's a whole other uh, teaching, but it's really cool. He said, Who do men say that I am? And they said, Some say that thou art a lie. Some say one of the prophets. Uh, he said, But who do you say that I am? How many of y'all know it doesn't matter what the world thinks of Jesus? What matters is what you think of Jesus. Who do you say that I am? And Peter speaks up. Peter speaks up. We believe that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And watch what what Jesus says to Peter. Flesh and blood has not revealed the son to thee, but my father which is in heaven. And unto thee, unto Peter, unto thee I give the keys to the kingdom. What you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. What you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. All of a sudden, All of a sudden, he has potential. All of a sudden, Peter has the keys. If you will go, now listen, now stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. Stay with me, this is not in your notes, but stay with me. If you go to Acts 2, Acts 8, and Acts 10, you will find out that Peter unlocked the door of salvation in Acts 2 to the Jewish people. He preached on the day of Pentecost and thousands of Jews were saved. He unlocked the door of, of salvation to the Samaritans in Acts 8. Then he unlocked the door of salvation to the Gentiles in Acts 10. Preacher, what are you saying? He gave him the keys to the kingdom. He was going to use Peter in an incredibly influential way to bring salvation, establish the church, get it going, and the devil knew his potential. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. Anytime you decide to do something for God, you've got potential. So what does that mean? That means you also have a target. And the devil might not be on your back because you're doing something wrong. He might be on your back because you've got, come on, potential. You see, Jesus could see something in Peter. And he said, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. Basically, if you just want to put it in regular terms, he said, I'm going to use you in an incredible way. I'm going to use you in an awesome way. And so the devil, he, listen, he went out, just an all out attack to target specifically. Now, none of the disciples knew that. Even Peter didn't know that, but Jesus knew that. Y'all with me? Now, can y'all see this? Does this make sense? The potential that branded him. Great potential. Number two. Number two. I want you to write this down. I want you to see the preaching that bothered him. The preaching that bothered him. What do you mean? Jesus confronted him with truth. Jesus told him what was really going to happen. Peter thought of himself as a pretty strong guy. Peter thought of himself as a pretty spiritual guy, too. He said, man, everybody's going to deny you. Everybody can run out on you. I ain't. I'm not going anywhere. He thought a lot about himself. But there was something about the words of Christ that cut him to the bone. How many of y'all know that word that you have in your hand? Sometimes preaching, God will sit in your driveway and pull right in the garage and beep the horn. and you'll swear somebody's bugged your house and told the preacher, right? What did he say? Now, now watch this. When he said what he said, he said it to them all. He said it to them all. What did he say? He said the shepherd's gonna be smitten and the sheep are gonna, he didn't say Peter. He said the sheep. Right? He, he, he's preaching to the congregation, right? And one of them got an attitude. What do they say about when you throw a rock in a pack of dogs? The one that barks is the one you hit. Be wary of that one that gets mad about a sermon and got something to say about it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, now Peter, hey, Jesus is speaking to all of them. You're all going to scatter, but Peter said, "Hey, whoa, 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 whoa! I don't like that. I don't like that. Not, not me. They all. Might. In other words, that sermon is for everybody, but." Ooh. Preach it, preacher, preach on right there. Preach it. Y'all ain't gonna help me, so I'm gonna help myself. Come on now. How many times have we sat in the pew thinking, oh so and so sure needs to hear this one. Oh, we've been sitting there and we turn around and look to see if they're here. When the whole time God's trying to get our attention. He said, not me. As a matter of fact, he, <laughs> he didn't just not like what he said. He got mad about it. He got mad about it. More vehemently, that, that, that represents the word fire, fiery indignation. Not me, I'll die. In other words, he couldn't just leave it alone. He couldn't just leave it alone. Even when Jesus came back at him. Because this is, this is how I said Jesus is preaching to everybody. He's speaking to everybody, sharing truth. Thy word is truth. He's sharing truth. He said the, he, he said the, the, the shepherd's going to be smitten and the sheep are going to scatter. It, was that true? Did that happen? Yes. yes, sir. All right. He didn't like it. He spoke up. He spoke up. Not me. This, does, this doesn't pertain to. It might be for everybody else, but not. And you know what? Jesus came right back. He said, son, let me tell you something. Not only, not only will you run like the rest of them, but before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. And then he come back to Jesus again. He said, I tell you what, I'm ready to die. I'll die before I deny you. Now, before you get sideways on Peter, we've done the same thing. How many of you would admit, how many of you would admit, some of you ain't, I can tell by the way you're looking at me. But how many of you admit you've been in arguments with God right in your pew? When God was sharing truth and and it was, it was in your face and God was trying to deal with you. And you sat there and argued with him through the whole message that that wasn't about you. Amen. Listen, the potential that branded him, the preaching that bothered him. Listen, don't disregard. I, I, I made a list. I, I didn't even put it on here, but I was going to share it at the end of this message. Don't, don't underestimate your ability to do something goofy. But also, don't do this. Don't don't disregard the preaching of the truth when it lands in your lap. Because I promise you, God knows us better than we know ourselves. Now, let me say this. Let me say this. I believe with all of my heart. I believe with all of my heart, Peter truly believed what he was saying. I I, I do. I believe with all of my heart Peter truly believed that he was willing to die for him. Say, how do you know? Because when that whole group of soldiers came to get him, he's the only one that pulled out a sword and was willing to risk his life to save Jesus' life. But he didn't understand. He didn't understand everything. He didn't understand who he truly was. He didn't understand the weaknesses he truly had. My point is this when the preaching is getting on you and it's getting to you, stop and think a minute and say, you know what? There just might be something to this. Because you truly don't know what you're really made of. But He does. Church, say amen. What was number one? Say it back. Oh, oh, oh. let's say it again. Number one, the potential potential that branded him. Number two, the. Number three, I want you to see this. This is obvious. I want you to see the pride that blinded him. How many of y'all know pride is a powerful thing? The pride that blinded him. Look in your notes, Luke 22. Luke twenty-two thirty-one, <clears> 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have thee may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. When thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said, this is Peter, and he said unto him, Lord. He, he, and he said unto him, Lord. I am ready. Let me ask you a question. Was he ready? Not by a long shot. But he thought he was. How many of y'all know pride will blind you? Pride is so powerful and is so dangerous. That is why it's one of the things that's listed that God hates. Everybody talks about homosexuality. Everybody talks about all these different sins that we classify as being bad. But do you know what? God puts pride right at the top of the list. What do you think it was that made Satan fall? Pride. The very beginning, the very beginning is the same thing with our first parents in the garden. Pride. Now, I want to I give you some stuff that's not in your notes, all right? So just, just kind of just listen. Well, first Corinthians ten twelve is in your notes. Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth. Take heed lest he look right above it. Look right above it. Proverbs 16, 18. What goeth before destruction? And a haughty spirit before fall. Romans twelve warns us in verse three. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Underline that in your notes. Underline that that sentence right there. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. All right? say, Preacher, I don't have a problem with pride. Let's see. Let's see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read some, <clears throat> some symptoms, if you will. We're at the doctor's office, and I'm going to name out some stuff. How many of y'all been to the doctor's office lately, and they gave you like an encyclopedia you got to check off? <clears throat> 700 million symptoms. You got to do I have this? No, no, yeah, I got that one yet. Yeah. I'm going to read them off. I'm, 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 I'm the nurse that's reading them off. You check them, all right? All right, do we have a pride problem? All right, here's some, here's some symptoms. I enjoy being the center of attention. I don't like it when I'm not. Much of my conversation is filled with I. I find it difficult to admit that I'm wrong. Ooh. I don't like to be corrected or changed. Ooh. My feelings are easily hurt. You ever... Known that person that's always being done wrong. No matter what, all the time somebody's doing them wrong. Might have a pride problem. I am impatient with other people's mistakes. I don't get enough appreciation for all that I do. I seldom ask for help because I can do the job better myself. All right, it gets better. It gets better. Does it irritate you when people don't agree with you? Let me say that one again. <clears throat> Does it irritate you when people don't agree with you? Do you think you are usually right and others are usually wrong? Do you find it hard to compromise? Is it your way or the highway? Look at this one. Do you find yourself given more criticisms than compliments? Are you often critical of others or excuse me, are you often critical of other people and pointing out their faults and failures rather than their good points? Are you quick to judge other people on first appearance? Boy, that's, that's tough. Do you often compete or compare yourself with someone else? All these could be showing a pride problem. Now, I'm going I'm to show you some that you wouldn't, you wouldn't think. But when I explain it, it'll make sense. If you have a spotty prayer life, if you have a spotty prayer life, in other words, you just pray here and there, just just when you need him. If you have a spotty prayer life, watch this. It suggests that you're not actively relying on God nor aware of your need for him. Weariness. Weariness. Who would have thought? Weariness is often the result of trying to do more than God intends, which means I'm not letting Him order my day. Anger. Anger. This can mean I'm not trusting God's sovereign plan and timing and I'm trying to take control from Him. Well, we get angry when we don't have control of things, don't we? A critical spirit. A critical spirit. What is a critical spirit? It's the sorry act of bringing others down in order to lift up myself. And, and usually it points to an inflated sense of self. That's why in that verse he said, let us not think of ourselves higher than we ought, or more highly than we ought to think. Watch this. <clears throat> A defensive reaction to criticism. In other words, when, when we receive criticism, we automatically get defensive about it. This is despondency after failure. And the inability to laugh at my mistakes also suggests that I am taking myself way too seriously and thinking too highly of myself. Taking responsibility for success, accomplishment, or financial prosperity may mean I have lost sight of God's gracious and undeserved provision. How many of y'all know everything we got God gave us? Impatience about having to listen, wait, serve, be anonymous, or be led by someone else all hint to an overdeveloped sense of importance. Let me read that again. Let me read that again. Boy, that's a tough one. Impatience about having to listen, wait, serve, be anonymous, or be led by someone else, all hint to an overdeveloped sense of importance. Man, it could be something as simple as waiting in the drive-thru. Waiting in the, you know, I, I got to thinking about this. When I'm in the when I'm in the grocery store, when I'm in the grocery store, the other day, the other day, uh, I think it was a day it was gonna snow. It was crazy it was gonna snow and everybody's you know going nuts about it and all this kind of stuff. Went to WDG and uh I was getting some things for Tammy, she had made a list for me and and uh and and I went around I went around the corner and I went to head toward the, the cashier and they only had like two cashiers going. And each of the cashier, the people was backed up halfway back in the store, up in the rows. And, uh, and, and, and Tammy's here. You can ask her. I called here. I said, there ain't no way I'm waiting halfway back at this store to get whatever. And then I thought about it. She needs this stuff. And I got this is the only place that got what she was asking for. And so I sat there and said, "I don't have nowhere else to go, no way." And so I just sat there. And you know what? It wasn't that bad. It flowed pretty, pretty easily. Just a thought, just a thought. And I got almost to the register, and now they stacked up behind me. And Tammy said, "I forgot something." I said, "No way! I'm in mean, no way." I'm only going to be so spiritual in one day, amen. <laughs> How many of you are with me on that? Man, we get impatient. We think, I don't, you know, let's be careful to have an overdeveloped sense of importance. An unwillingness to associate or get to know certain people or, or, or people who do not live up to your standards. Ooh, help us. God help us. Church, say amen. Pride. It'll blind you. <clears throat> he couldn't see it. He was headed for a fall, and he couldn't see it. He was headed for a huge, huge mistake, huge letdown. But boy, he was arrogant. He was so confident in himself. Everybody should have a sense of confidence. I mean, you shouldn't go around with your head tucked between your legs and just you know all just beat down all the time. Everybody should have confidence, but your confidence should be in the one that's in you. Are y'all with me? And that's it. The scripture says, I have no confidence in the flesh, but Peter did. He said, I got this. I am, what's the word? Ready. Say it with me. I am. Ready. How many of y'all believe Paul was a good fella? How I many of y'all believe he is anointed? Had the favor of God on him. Touch of God on him. Done incredible things toward the end of his ministry. After he started all them churches and started all them ministries and spread the gospel to all those continents. You know what he said? I ain't arrived yet. Boy, if Peter had more of that before, it had been a whole different story. Amen? Amen? Number one, the potential that branded him, the preaching that bothered him. Then the pride that blinded him. Then I want you to see, number four, the pain that broke him. The pain that broke him. Satan desires to have thee that he may sift you as wheat. The pain that broke him. When it happened, according to Scripture, they're leading Jesus. They're leading Jesus. They're interrogating Jesus. They're going from one place to the other and And uh, and the moment he denied him that third time, the moment he denied him that third time, according to Scripture, he's in a close enough proximity to Jesus where Jesus can see him and he can see Jesus. Can you imagine after being so belligerent? Now just uh, keep in mind, keep in mind, it was just a matter of hours. It was just a matter of hours that Jesus got through telling him, you're not only going to be scattered, but you're going to deny me three times. No my. You know, he's all mad, all angry. And he says, I do not know the man. And at that moment, he saw Jesus And Jesus saw him. Can you imagine feeling so crushed? The Bible says he was so broken. He was so broken that he went out, probably ran. He went out and wept bitterly, bitterly. If you will study the word bitterly, it means to the point of no more tears. How many have ever cried to the point you just had dry sockets? I mean, you just couldn't cry no more. You were so broken. You were so hurt. You were so wounded. Whatever it might be, you had cried so much there was no more tears to fall. That's Peter. What's the point? The point is this. Take heed ye that think you stand, lest you fall. Because the fall is going to be very painful. What does the scriptures teach us? What does the scriptures teach us about humility? Humble thyself. Let me say it again. Humble thyself. say it again. Humble thyself. how many of y'all know if you do it it won't be that bad? Now we think it will. We think when we have to Humble ourselves when we have to submit and, 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 and we have to do the things we don't want do. to do. We have to show humility that it's painful. And it, and it is kind of to the flesh. Our, our flesh doesn't want to be humble. Our flesh doesn't want humility. Our flesh is terrible that we got to live with. Come on, y'all with me? And it, it, it is painful. It is painful to say, I'm sorry. Come on, y'all, why y'all looking at me like this? <laughs> Nobody likes to say I'm sorry. And some people hate it worse than others. It's hard. It's hard admitting you're wrong. It's hard saying I was wrong. It's hard saying I'm sorry. It's hard admitting fault. It's hard admitting failure. It's hard admitting, but you know what? It's harder when he has to knock you down. In other words, if you humble yourself, he won't have to. How many of y'all know his hand's bigger than yours? What is it? What's the point? The point is this: if we don't humble ourselves, he will. Let me say it this way. Let me say it this way. The last point. The last point is about Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost. That's what God is seeing. Okay, all right. Uh, a couple of you fellas want to come help me? It don't matter who it is. Just, just a couple of you fellas, all right? All right, a couple means two. Come on, guys, help me. There you go. All right, that's it. Come on up, come on up. All right, <clears throat> we can count. All right, here we go. All right, you stay right here. I need you to come over here. I need you to come over here. How many of y'all will help me see into the future? Okay. All right. All right. This is, this is future Simon Peter. This is Simon Peter preaching on the day, preaching on the day of Pentecost. All right. Seeing thousands Saved. How many of y'all can see Simon Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost, seeing thousands saved? Isn't that cool? All right. All right. All right. Now watch this. This is old arrogant. Sorry, bud. Arrogant, (laughs) full of himself. Thinks he's got it all together. I am ready. He's doing the part great, too. I know. (laughs) Great. All right. This is who Jesus is dealing with. This is who Jesus is dealing with. But that is who Jesus could see. So he had to get this Peter to turn into that one. But this Peter's arrogant. He's full of himself. He's built up. He's puffed up, as the scripture says. He's prideful. Now watch this. This is so great. Satan has desired to have thee that he may sift you as wheat. Sift you as wheat. I looked that word up and studied that out a little bit. Sifting means to break the outward hard shell of the wheat to get the soft tender meat to bake the bread. Now, Satan's desire is destruction, right? John 10, 10. The thief cometh but to kill, steal, and destroy. But I am come that you might have and have it more. Are y'all with me? (laughs) Satan has a desire for Simon Peter, which is destruction. But Jesus has a desire for Simon Peter, and that's life. He's going to bring life to thousands in Acts chapter number two on the day of Pentecost. Y'all with me? I'm going somewhere, get with me. But see, Peter's not ready yet. Satan has desired to have thee; may sift you as wheat. He's going to break that hole. But he has intentions to destroy. But you know what, Peter? I prayed for you. And I'm going to just step back And I'm going to allow the devil to do his thing. And he's going to break you. He thinks he's going to break you for the purpose of destruction. But he's going to break you for the purpose of humility. And Satan thought he was getting Jesus' best. But all he was was a tool in the hand of the master. Amen. What's the point? I, I hope you're getting this. Because what I'm telling you right now is anointed. Satan has a desire to destroy you. And you made, have made some mistakes in your life. And everybody can only see this Simon Peter or this version of you. But you know what Jesus can see? He looks past your past and past your problems and past all of them things to see your potential. You got it. Are y'all with me? But sometimes, in order to get to that one, sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes to get to a great ministry, you got to go through some hardships. Sometimes to get to that marriage, you got to go through some painful situations. Now, Satan intends to destroy you and to destroy your marriage and to destroy your potential. But I promise you, God can take your stupidity In your mess. Now think about this. Think about this. Y'all stay there. Y'all stay there. Thank you for helping me. Y'all doing great. Can you imagine what Peter's thinking when he's broken and weeping just uncontrollably? It's over. It's over. He heard me. He saw me. All the disciples know what I did. Me and my big mouth. I spoke up more than any of them. They all heard me defending myself and they all heard me denying it's over. How many of y'all have seen the mess you was in and said it's over? Watch this. Watch this. Thanks, guys. Y'all go ahead. Give them a hand. Give them a hand. That brings us to number three. Or number, whatever number. Last one. I want you to see the process that blessed him. The process that blessed him. <clears throat> the potential that branded him. The preaching that bothered him. The preaching that bothered him. He didn't like it. He didn't like what Jesus said. But I'm glad Jesus had him on his mind. Amen. The pride that blinded him. What what does that mean? Don't underestimate your ability to be ignorant and do bad stuff. Let me say this before I go forward. You know that terrible sin you know of so-and-so that done? You could too. That affair that so-and-so had? You got potential. Watch this. That killing... That so and so did, we all have it in us. Murder is in our heart, it's in our flesh. I couldn't kill nobody. You don't know what you could do. It's in us all. Don't underestimate your potential to fall. Are y'all with me? Because pride will blind you then, then four the preaching that bothered him the pride that blinded him the pain that broke him and then the process that blessed him what'd God do about it what'd God do about it aren't you glad, aren't you glad God's in the, in the second chance business aren't y'all glad God's in the 22nd chance business Mm-hmm. I'm glad I clarified that. <clears throat> the process that blessed him. First thing he did. Mark sixteen, four. Mark sixteen, four. This is after the crucifixion, after the resurrection, right? Jesus has come out the grave. They're going to check it out. Watch what happens. Mark sixteen four. And when they looked, they saw the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulchre, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. It scared him to death. He said unto them, Be not affrighted, be not afraid. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He's risen. See, y'all should have said amen right there. That's like a cool thing. Hey, he got up. Amen? He is risen. Amen. All right. He is not here. All right. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way. This is what the angel tells them. Go your way. Tell his disciples and. And. Hey. Don't forget Peter. He's still one of us. You say, why'd he tell them? They were probably Baptists. Y'all with me? How many of y'all know church people can be the cruelest people? They'll shoot their own wounded. Now now listen, this is three days. Three days of talk. Three days of, you hear about old Pete? Y'all hear what Pete done? All that talk in the upper room. I knew it all the time. They should have took me up there on the Mount of Transfiguration. old Pete, yeah, come on, don't look at me that way. You know how we are. Did you hear about so-and-so? Did you hear about what he did? Did you hear what sister so-and-so was caught doing? Three days of that. And Jesus said, hey, he told his messenger, you tell him. Tell his disciples and Peter. So what did God do? First thing he did, he comforted him. He gave him comfort. He let him know he was still in the fold. He let him know he was still amongst them. Everything's going to be all right. Peter, I care about you too. You get the news too. He comforted him. Then B, now we're at the place... How many of y'all remember when when Peter said, I go fishing? You see, he's he's still got potential for stupidity. Amen? So I'm going back to what I used to do. So he goes fishing. Bunch of them go with him. Y'all know the story. They fish all night. Don't catch nothing. There Jesus is on the shore. They really don't recognize who it is. And, And they say, children, have you any meat? There's nothing that makes a fisherman matter. When he's caught nothing and has fished all night and you ask, you got anything? Are y'all with me? Brother Robin, do I have a testimony back there? Amen, all right. Well, cast on the other side. What? We done fished all night long. Well, let's humor the little comedian down on the shore and just, and they pull in all them fish. And John says, it's the Lord. Well, Peter bails out. he swing on even wait. There's one thing about him. Whatever he's going to do, he's going to do. Amen. <laughs> and poof, he hits the shore. And imagine if they've been fishing all night. They're cold. They're wet. You know, they're wet with the nets. You're pulling them in. And, 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 and even in the summertime, in the early morning, man, when you're wet, it's cold. Well, they, Jesus has got a, a fire on the shore. He's cooking for them. He's got them something to eat. He gathers them in. And they all, they all probably look, look uh, ashamed because they're not supposed to be doing that. They're supposed to be fishing for men. And, but he's got them around there eating, and they're just enjoying it. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, Hey, Peter, do you love me? Let's, let's read it. Look at your notes. Let's look at your notes. John 21, 15. Are you there? Amen. Now remember, remember, remember. Peter had already told them. He had already told Jesus. They all might run, but not, not me. They all might be offended, but not You know what he's basically saying? You know what he's basically saying? I love you more than all these. I'm closer to you more than all these. I'm a better disciple than all. All these. I love you more than all. Come on. These. I'm doing this for a reason. Ain't y'all figured that out by now? More than all. Watch this. Watch this. So... When they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than, these. more than these? He challenged him. He said, Remember that conversation we had about a few days ago? And you said you would give your life, and all these may abandon you, but not me. You love me more than all these. What's happening? He's, he's confronting Peter. He's challenging me. And by the way, he comforted him first. And I, think, I think when somebody falls, I don't think the first thing they need is a lecture. Because I found this out. When I fall, I know why I fall. Y'all with me? Now, there's a time for teaching. There's a time for instruction. There's a time for discipline, all that kind of stuff. But most of the time, when somebody fails, they're broken. Y'all with me? And if we follow the, Lord's, follow the Lord's path, he comforted him first. But now it's time to challenge him. And that's a good point, too. You don't just put somebody right back in the same place immediately. You got to challenge him. He comforted him. He challenged him. Are you sure you don't? You sure you love me? How many times did he deny him? How many times did Jesus ask him, "Do you love me?" He said, "Peter, do you love me more than these?" He said, "Feed my sheep." He said, "Lord, I love you." He said, "Peter, do you love me?" Feed my lambs, Peter. All three. Peter's trying to answer him. third time, Peter, do you love me? Boy, he's greedy. You know all things. Well, that's a different Peter. In other words, whatever I am, you know it. And you know what Jesus is saying? Now you're ready. It's not that arrogant, I love you more than He's saying, you know what I am. You know. He challenged him. Number, number, or C. C. What was, what was A? He comforted him. B, he challenged him. You can put confronted too. That's a good word there. But then C, he confirmed him. He confirmed him. I'm like already over time. So let me just tell you. Write it down look at me. Who stood on the day of Pentecost and preached and saw thousands saved? How many of y'all know that thousands won't get saved unless God's hand's on it? I don't care how good a speaker you are. He stood in the power of God. There is no confirmation on a man of God like when he's got the hand of God on him. Amen. Are y'all with me? Amen. What did he do? What did he do on the day of Pentecost? What did he do on the day of Pentecost? God just showed he can do more with a mess. Are y'all with me? Amen. That You know the old cliche, God can turn a mess into a message. He can turn a tragedy into a... Tri- you know, sometimes that nauseates me to no end. <laughs> But it's true. God can take somebody that's been broken greatly and use them mightily. Don't think that failure is final. Let me say that again. Don't think that failure is final. Do y'all know the first time that Jesus met Peter and them, it was because of a failure? It was because of a failure. Jesus is teaching. I know I'm over time, but I'm feeling it right now. <laughs> Jesus is teaching. And 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 the crowd gets huge. They've been washing their nets. Peter's in the boat and said, Can 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 you let me get in your boat? And he just pushed off ashore a little ways and, and and he began to teach. How many of y'all know when you're on the water, your voice carries? So he was using that as a a natural amplifier. Gets through teaching, turns to Peter and says, hey, launch out a little further and let's get some. And this is Peter's response. We have fished all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, They threw the net over, and they had to get help to draw all the fish. Peter is such, he he is so blown away. He said, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. It's amazing when you get in God's presence, it'll show you who you really are. Remember that? But watch this. When they get to shore, when they get to shore, he said, guys, from now on. I'm going to make you to become fishers of men. You see, Jesus had a great purpose for Peter. But it was failure that allowed them to get to that purpose. He say, what do you mean? You see, they didn't have refrigerators. Y'all with me? They didn't have freezers. They didn't have ice boxes. If fishermen caught fish, as soon as they came to shore, they would take the fish to the market. If they would have been at the market, they would have missed Jesus. But because the nets were empty, they were there washing them. And there was Jesus. In other words, it was their failure that created an opportunity for Jesus to change their destiny. Don't think failure is final. Failure could be a springboard for the greatest opportunity in your life. Say, so preacher, our marriage is a mess. Well, God can turn it and make it and, and, and make it an, an opportunity to have the greatest marriage there ever was. Amen. Preacher, my ministry is a mess. I can't get nothing accomplished. I can't, I can't, I can't, hey. Bring it to Jesus. Bring it to Jesus. Because failure is not final. If we leave with anything tonight, I want you to leave with this. Failure is not. Final. Say it with me. Is not final. Say it again. Is not final. And all God's people say it. Amen. All right, we're going to pray. And when we pray, if you've got, you got children, you, you, you're going to run. I mean, don't even slow down for the doors. Just kick them open on the way and get them and, and say, it's not the preacher's fault. I was talking in the hallway. And, okay I'm kidding I'm kidding all right let's pray Lord thank